Hey everybody, welcome to another drive-through board game blog. Today we're going to talk about my top 10 favorite games from before the year 2000. I don't have a ton of images for all these, I'll try to throw up some stuff, uh, but this is a little bit more casual, so you can just kind of minimize it and listen to it as a sort of a podcast if you like. Uh, on that note, I actually have been releasing my reviews and blogs and stuff on a podcast. I actually put a link to uh, that uh, podcast link on iTunes and etc. Uh, below the video here, but a lot of folks have seeming to be get some use out of it. Uh, just basically the reviews in audio format without any editing whatsoever. So uh, a lot of folks expressed that to me over the fall actually, while I was at BGG Con, and I said, okay, enough people are asking me about this, I might as well try doing it, and I did it, and so people seem to enjoy it uh, to varying degrees. So if you don't have a chance to ever watch these videos that often, you can throw on a podcast and see what I think about you know the gallerist or one of these top 10 lists. Uh, so this one is gonna be top 10 games before 2000, and I'm gonna release right along with this one a top 10 uh, sort of regrets. We'll talk more about that one in that review or that video. I want to do three quick honorable mentions <laughs> as usual. Uh, the three honorable mentions that didn't quite make the top 10 are, for various reasons, are HeroQuest, Fury of Dracula, and El Grande. And HeroQuest didn't make it because that was a game I really enjoyed. I really loved playing that. Uh, I played it kind of in two with two groups back when it came out and a little bit after that. But it's kind of been replaced. But it, uh, you know, it's it's one of the games that was kind of knocking on the door of being in the top, you know, ten games before 2000. But I feel like it's kind of been replaced, especially by you know Shadows of Brimstone and Galaxy Defenders, in my case, and a lot of other games, frankly. Uh, Fury of Dracula. I didn't include that because I didn't really play that until just a few months ago, uh, so I couldn't really say it was 2000 or prior because the kind of the new edition is the one i'm familiar with but it did initially come out i didn't write down the year i should have did that but it came out before uh the year 2000 it's an excellent game go check it out the new edition uh, from fantasy flight there and the other one has also been replaced and that's el grande and i've played through quite a bit of area control games and kind of the top echelon i would say el grande is definitely up there uh tammany hall is another one that's really great up there uh, Blood Rage is probably the king for me right now, although I've been really enjoying Empire's Age of Discovery, which is a reprinting or redoing of Age of Empires 3. So kind of Blood Rage and that, uh, Empire's Age of Discovery, are really, you know, amazing games to me as far as the area control goes. And so El Grande's kind of doesn't need to be there <laughs> anymore, but it's an awesome game and I'd gladly play it if somebody ever broke it out any day of the week. So, there's my honorable mentions. Uh, my number 10 is Settlers of Catan plus Seafarers plus Cities of Knights. Uh, I kind of miss playing this game. We played it a lot way back when. I uh, played a lot of Catan, you know, in the 90s or maybe 2000, like right in that cusp there. And then uh, a couple of years after that or so, uh, when I got more into playing games, uh, you know, I we played a lot of Seafarers plus Cities and Knights, and that to me was like a big epic kind of civilization game at that point in time without really having a lot of, you know, experience, so to speak, underneath my belt. Uh, I still kind of miss playing this, so I always have like the itch to go out and get like the new editions, because they just came out with all the new editions that are just called Catan, and grab Seafarers and Cities and Knights. To me, that's the best way to play Catan. It's definitely longer than basic Catan. You're gonna go like at the two hour plus two to three hour range. I would not play it with more than four players. I probably wouldn't play it with less than four players either. It's kind of one of those where you need a fourth 
player to just have all those different trading dynamics and all that stuff and just enough going on in the map to make it worthwhile. But when you start playing with five and six, oh man, it goes forever. Like five, six player Catan is just a chore. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend if you have Catan and you haven't tried Seafarers and Cities and Knights, it's a good, nice little thing to investigate if you really love Catan. Um, and it just adds a lot of interesting depth to the game and a lot of variability too, especially when you combine seafarers. Now, Cities and Knights has all the mechanics that I like, the, the barbarians invading and the different kind of civ buildings and all that stuff that you can upgrade. Uh, but the seafarers has all the different kind of cool maps and layouts. So it becomes a very interesting sort of setup and then kind of analyzing the setup and seeing kind of where to go and all that stuff. So uh, really interesting, fun stuff. Uh, the number nine is Low and Hers, which is from the same designer, uh, Klaus Teuber. And this is probably my favorite game of his, although I played some more recent ones that I've enjoyed. I like the Catan uh, card game, a couple of those, and uh, some other games. But Low and Hers is another one that you can't really find. You can find it nowadays. I've talked about it to death, but you can find it nowadays as the Domain which is kind of like Low and Hers, but it removes one mechanic, which is what makes me really enjoy the game. And that's this kind of pseudo negotiation kind of tactical bidding thing that happens where you play these action cards. And then if you and I play kind of the same action and fight over the same action, we have to, we have to sort of work it out or have like a bidding war. I did a review on it. You can go take a look at it. Uh, it's an old review, so it's not good. Not that that's any different than the new ones, but um, anyway, but so definitely take a look at this one. You can find it relatively cheap. I don't think many people really have this as a grow game. So even though it's out of print, you can hunt it down and trade for it. This is another one though. You really got to play this with one with four players. With three players, it's kind of okay, but it's really a one player count game. Uh, but it's a definitely a unique experience. And this is probably kind of like my gateway game in a sense. I mean, if you take out like the games I played when I was a kid, but that was like, oh, wow, neat. This is games are way different than they were. You know, that was the, that was the kind of game. I was like, this is awesome. You know, these Germans got something going on. You know, that was my thought back then uh, in however long ago I played it. Uh, so that would be number nine, Lone Hers. And number eight is Cosmic Encounter. A very old game came out in the 70s. Uh, this is a recent play for me. Um, I just started playing it last year and really have enjoyed the game quite a bit. Uh, it's a very different type of experience. You know, a lot of people tell me, why do you like this game? This game sucks. I hate this game. It's one of the worst games ever. And oh, and the, then the other side of the coin is people really love it. And it's going to be one that the play experience is going to vary greatly, of course, depending on the players, but also depending on the different powers that the, the alien powers that are dealt. So you can have really wonky experiences, but that's kind of why I play the game to kind of go and see what's going to happen this time. Because at this point, I don't know, there's hundreds and hundreds of alien powers. Um, you know, so there's just all these interesting combos and the ways that they're going to interact with the kind of card play that you have in the game and kind of the, it's not really like a negotiation game, although it can be for sure, but it's sort of a tactical backstabbing kind of crazy combo magic of the gathering kind of wackiness type of thing. So it's really cool. It's just, there's not really a game like it at all. I mean, there's some that are like, Hey, it's just like cosmic counter, but you know, da da da. but there's not really anything like cosmic encounter. Uh, let's see. That's number eight. Number seven is acquire. 
Uh, this is a very old game. I believe it came out in 62 or 63. Uh, Steve uh, Sid Saxon is the designer and he designed several games and he's kind of like the, uh, he's kind of like Neil Young to grunge. <laughs> he's sort of like the godfather of hero games or something. Uh, he, but he came out a long time ago. He's like the Iggy Pop the punk, you know. Punk rock started in 1979, but Iggy Pop really started in the 60s. <laughs> so that's kind of what Sid Saxon is. If any of those references make sense, then good. But if they don't, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, so Acquire is a real kind of dry, uh, abstract, stock tile placement game. If you've not heard of it, uh, go check it out. I did a review. A lot of people have done reviews of it and how to plays. I recommend folks give this a shot. It's simple enough and the mechanics are simple enough that you can get into but it's kind of open-ended enough that you can really have fun and try to play around with different strategies and tactics at the end of the day it is a stock game but it's really a hand management game at the end of the day in terms of where you're kind of putting these tiles out sort of merging these companies abstractly on the board that to me is really uh the heart of the game once you kind of get used to you know the buy and selling of stocks and when a merger may or may not happen then that kind of aspect just kind of sits there. And then it's really about hand management and you know, kind of gauging how close companies are to merging and connecting on the board. That's really fun. You can have you can get several plays out of this one for sure. Uh, that was number 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 now is Medici. Uh, this is actually coming out with a new edition, so you'll be able to find this a little bit more readily. It's not too hard to find now, but there's a new edition coming out, I think, at the end of the year with uh, Vincent Dutrait doing the art, who did the art for Lewis and Clark and several other games. And it's going back to sort of a card um, mechanic versus grabbing tiles out of a bag mechanic, which is nice. Uh, really excellent auction game. It's similar to Acquire in a lot of ways, not mechanically, but in terms of how it plays out, where you can, it's very simple. It's super dead simple to play the game. The rules are like two pages long. And once you get into that though, the strategy of the game and sort of the back and forth between the players in terms of how they value certain flops of you know the goods that you draw out of the bag or deal out of the deck and balancing that and trying to you know figure out the right price for things in a way uh, that's going to reward you you're going to get a lot of plays out of that really just exploring that but the game is super dead simple and you can teach it so it's really kind of a gateway game on one hand but you're going to get you know 100 plays out of it on the other hand uh, so number five then is Frank Zhu. Uh, this is hard to find, this one. I've talked a lot about this. This is in my top 100 games. A lot of these are in my top 100 games, but uh, this is a real interesting kind of ladder climbing, trick taking, mash em up kind of game where it's kind of part in a kid's game, but it, then it has these advanced rules, which is what I would recommend playing with as you have these kind of shifting teams. So you play these little animals that are have you know, one animal trumps another, like, you know, you might be playing, this is off the top of my head, but, you know, uh, a bird and then a lion and then the elephant trumps the lion and then the mouse trumps the elephant. And then you kind of go back around in a circle. And then you have like two branches. There's like land animals and then there's water animals. And the water animals, you have like goldfish and then like big piranhas and then the killer whale is the sort of the top of that tree. And you play different sets like pears and, you know, three of a kind and so on like that. Uh, but then at the end of each round, you kind of shift teams. So you have these partners and it kind of really abstracts and streamlines like bidding. So if you think of a game like Bridge or other ladder climbing games, it takes all of that sort of brain stuff out of it. 
but it still kind of has some interesting tactical card play and it plays uh, well at some of the different kind of odd player counts that some of the other ladder games don't necessarily play well at. So that's another one that I would throw up there. Uh, number four uh, would be Dune, and this came out also around the same time as Cosmic Encounter. Uh, it has been redone as Rex by Fantasy Flight Games, which I have, but I haven't had a chance to try that one yet. Uh, the group is not so keen to try that. I know some of you guys watched the video. <laughs> so he's like, no, I don't want to play Rex, let's play Dune instead. Um, I'm keen to try it just because I'm interested in the mechanical tweaks. Uh, Dune is getting a little bit of a bump for me because of the theme. I'm a big fan of the books and, you know, a little bit less so the movie and the miniseries. But it has some kind of wonkiness to it. In and I'm not going to review it here, but it has some interesting wonkiness to it in terms of how player alliances are going to kind of shift and, you know, having these different leaders and controlling your troops on the board and trying to get at these little uh, spice blooms, which are kind of like the resource in the game. And you have to control these different fortresses, uh, a certain number of fortresses, depending on how many people are in your alliance. So you could have like a two or three person alliance, but basically you have to control the whole board, which if you were wanting to win by yourself, you'd have to control, you know, a bunch of stuff just by yourself, which is very hard to do. Um, so it has this, this kind of very, again, very interesting gameplay that you don't see really at all anywhere else, similar to Cosmic Encounter. Just the way this sort of plays out over time is very interesting. And I played a game where the game ended in less than an hour and also where it went like, you know, by three, I don't know, maybe four or five hours, something like that. I don't remember exactly. But uh, so it's gonna be very kind of wonky in terms of how it plays out that way as well. But that's kind of car kind of part of the fun as well but it's very interesting you can't find it really anywhere for a cheap price um, so maybe check out Rex which you can find for a cheap price and just kind of imagine that you're playing a Dune but if the Dune's not really important to you I would still recommend giving Rex a try because it's again a very unique kind of system that you just can't really find anywhere uh, let's see number four excuse me i did number four <laughs> number three is up front <laughs> this is i apologize for this this you can't find anywhere because it's like in this weird legal limbo now uh, oh that's not true i'm sorry i just completely forgot that you can find it on drive through cards i will try to find a link to that and put that there you can kind of get it printed out and uh you know sent to you uh, sort, of, it's sort of like a print and play doll, but i've seen the the prints of it it's a very good quality you just got to download the manual and stuff uh, i would definitely take a look at this game i think it's uh, i mean it's long and kind of forgotten at this point but it is kind of underrated very interesting head-to-head -head tactical uh, card play where you're kind of developing the battlefield as you go but there's also lots of different uh you know, unit types and things will have different abilities and stuff. And you can kind of set up your guys in different formations and have this really, well, they kind of describe it as a advanced squad leader to the card game. And it kind of does feel like that where you're, you can really kind of feel the, the heat of the fire and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's very cool and very tactical and it kind of has multi-use cards where you can use it for terrain or you know uh the cards you flip them off the deck instead of rolling dice to get different uh randomization numbers along the bottom of the cards very again very interesting a different kind of gameplay that really hasn't been replicated uh, at all so i would take a look at that one if you can find it for cheap or go ahead and just print it out from uh drive through cards there and i'll put a link there uh, so number two uh, is Samurai. This is from Reiner Knizia. It's a very abstract uh, territory kind of area control game. 
with set in the uh, you know medieval Japan where you're trying to influence the various kind of uh, you know sects like the the the, uh, the merchants and the religious folks and all that stuff and you have these tiles that you lay out to sort of influence these different towns and uh, you know and grab these little these little tokens and, and get enough of them to your side the, the scoring is very wonky to explain but it's actually very simple once you once it kind of clicks it's super simple but it plays really quickly. There's a lot of replayability here. It plays good at all the different player counts. I probably like it most at two and four, three. I don't want to get into why I don't like it with three, but it kind of gets kind of weird. You can get kind of pincered between two players, which is annoying, but um, it doesn't always happen, but I've seen it happen where just somebody just kind of gets pushed off the side where four, there's enough going on that it's kind of difficult for that to happen although it can still happen, but it feels less like you're being picked on. <laughs> and then with two players, of course, it's just head to head. And then it's a little bit of sort of bluffing which tiles you have, because everybody has the exact same tiles, um, but you draw them, you know, one at a time and you start with five. So you always have a hand of five. So you have the same tiles, but not necessarily the same exact ones in your hand that the, your opponent has, but you know what they're capable of at some point. Uh, very interesting game, probably overlooked to a degree. Fantasy Flight just did uh, reprinting of this one. Uh, so you can definitely find it. And then number one is another Reiner Casey game. Probably not a surprise. It is uh, Tigers and Euphrates. And Fantasy Flight has also reprinted that one. That's actually the edition I have here. I do like this edition better. I had an old, old edition that didn't have any of the new rules or new maps. So this was kind of the first for me is having some of those new rules. Uh, this is one of my favorite games of all time. It's my number two favorite game, actually. Uh, and I think it's my number two. Yes, it's my number two. <laughs> and it's really, this is really, really, really good. <laughs> uh, so it's very abstract. So if you think of like a choir where you're playing down these different tiles and trying to, you know, control territory, maybe connect networks and there's different colored tiles and they're trying to, to like put them in such a way that they generate these different resources for you. But because the board is so kind of open-ended, yeah, there's, it really, allows for a variety of kind of strategies and tactics that you can try you know you can try to kind of lock down one city with all these tiles and put all your leaders and kind of build up sort of a fortress of of stuff or you can kind of be very aggressive you know right from the beginning and you can go after and because you can have like attacking and so if you have like the same kind of leader as your opponent in a particular town you have these tiles that can either use to be played on the board to kind of grow and build up your resources or even develop these temples these monuments or you can kind of keep some in your hand as you know ways to kind of play and kind of add to your combat strength so there's a real kind of interesting uh you know link i guess between the abstract because it's crazy abstract but on the other hand it, it the thematicness of it really comes through and you know he writer can see rightly so to some degree gets bashed for just kind of pacing on themes and maybe he pasted this one on but it like fit perfectly it was like you know it's just like a nice you know coat of you know metallic paint <laughs> that just fits perfectly with this game it just really comes through the whole civilization and various resources so you need to sort of grow your civilization equally between religion and politics and warfare and all that stuff so all of that really actually kind of comes through uh in the game i think so not to a simulation degree but the sort of the mental theme of it comes out. 
Okay, so that is my top 10 uh, games before the year 2000. Well, stay tuned for my next top 10, <laughs> which is going to be uh, my top 10 games that I regret trading and or selling. Okay, see you on the other side. Thanks.